at uh, any given moment in my, in my house with a 13-year-old, 11-year-old, and almost 9-year-old, you can be blamed for what you say, how you say it, what you don't say, what you do say, the tone in which you say it. You can be blamed for standing still, sitting down, walking. You can be blamed for how you sleep, how you don't sleep. You can be blamed for what seat you sit in, how you sit in it. You can be blamed for what you eat, how loud you chew, how you chew. You can be blamed for any number of everyday activities. Your mere existence is a problem. What we need in our world is peace, and what we have in it is conflict. In our households, in our workplace, in our church, in our world, in our community, everywhere we look, there is a lack of peace. There is conflict all around us. And if my little scenario doesn't surprise you, and if you can relate to it deeply, uh, whether it was uh, current or in the past, or maybe if you're uh, growing your family, just let this be a fair warning of what is to come when you have uh, teenagers and tweens uh, coming up into your home. Uh, I love my children, and we will navigate this, but uh, as we think about in our own lives and everything that we uh, pursue in life, what I think we need most and what we need today is the encouragement that there is truly peace in this world, that what Jesus comes to bring is peace. And I think maybe we think uh, maybe too lowly of what the word peace means, and maybe it's the absence of conflict or uh, some different things. But for the world, we, we desire peace. And that is, is that there would be, as the Hebrews believed it, to be wholeness, that there would be sufficiency, that there would be nothing lacking. And I feel like in our life, in, our, in, our, in just our everyday life, I feel like we know that we're missing something. We're missing completeness. We're missing things in our relationships. We're missing that in our, in our life and feeling fulfilled. We wonder if we have enough, if we will have enough, if we are enough. We wonder all of these sort of insecure things about ourselves, and we feel as though we are lacking. And what peace means is sufficiency, completeness, wholeness. Not only the absence of conflict, but everything resolved and there being deep satisfaction in God. Would you like peace in your life today? Would you like to know that despite all of the surroundings, all of the circumstances of your life, all the things that you know you're lacking and missing and in your own home amid all the conflict that can happen in your life, would you like today to have peace? My message today is to teach you and encourage you and remind you of something that you probably already know, but it gets pushed aside in the midst of all of the conflict, all of the hurt, all of the trouble, all of the temptation, all of the things that just sort of pile up on us and makes us feel like we're missing it. And I want to point to you that Jesus came and he brought you peace. I'm going to say a couple of things that Jesus directly quotes that should remind us that we have peace today. And first comes from John 14, 26. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all the things and will remind you of everything I have send, said to you. And this is what I hope you will remember, is peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. 
I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus says just a little bit later in John's gospel, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Peace in this world. Peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Let's pray for peace this morning. God, uh, there is all around us at this very present moment conflict. You have told us that in this life, in this world, there will be trouble. Lord, as we start tallying all the ways in which there's trouble in this very present moment, whether it's devastation left over from a hurricane or the anticipation and fear of more hurricanes coming, Lord, if it's conflict in Ukraine and Russia and tragic lives lost, whether it's tragedy in our own communities and heartache and suffering, Lord, whether it's in our home in this very moment, Lord, it feels very troubled. And your words that say in this life there will be trouble, Lord, we feel that deep inside of us, that there is trouble, there are trials, there is suffering, there is death, there are things that are lacking in us, things lacking in the world, and the very sense of completeness seems so far removed from us. And so, God, I'd ask that today the words of your Son would resonate in our hearts. Teach us today of the peace that we have in you. Help us to see, Lord, peace. Peace within ourselves and contentment and completeness in you. Help us to see completeness in our relationship with you, our relationship with one another, and our relationship to the world. Lord, there is trouble, but you have given us peace. You've given us your spirit. You've given us your son. You have given us you, your presence and your grace through your spirit. So open our hearts, God. Open our minds and our ears to hear from you, see you, know you, and give our lives to you. In this world, there is trouble. Thank you for giving us you, your grace, your completeness, your faithfulness, your mercy, your forgiveness. Open us now to you. Come and draw near. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. In the Roman world, they would speak about peace frequently. It was the Pax Romana. And that's all I remember from history. <laughs> the, uh, they, would speak of, they would speak of peace. And the way they brought peace was through peace through strength. It was this mighty nation that sort of this empire that spread. And it was a message of peace. We will conquer all enemies and just sort of assimilate all of these nations into this one gigantic empire and this will be the peace of Rome. You either accept it or you can fight against it but it became so widespread it became the largest one of the largest empires of history and it was the peace of Rome. And so when we speak of peace in the book of Romans I think we need to contrast that a little bit of saying is there a peace that actually lasts because the Roman Empire 
Uh, for as much peace as it may have brought, it brought just as much conflict, pain, and suffering. I don't know that I want to live in a place where if you are a wrongdoer, you get uh, hung, beaten, and, you know, those sorts of things that, you know, straighten up or this could be you. Uh, let's not bring, that doesn't bring real peace. And so today I want us to think with sort of a, a lens of how is there peace in this world? And, and Paul will bring this to us uh, in our text this morning in Romans chapter 4. He will speak of the peace of Christ that comes to us. Jesus promises to give us peace. And so does, does God fulfill his promise? Is, is Jesus good uh, for his word? And I think that we, uh, obviously you're in church, so the answer is yes, go God, right? But uh, for us in our everyday life of just the practical living, I was like, can we trust in God to fulfill his promises? Is God good for his promise? I will give you peace. How is there peace in a world with, filled with so much conflict? as trivial as sitting in my house and getting yelled at for how I chew, and the conflict across the globe of people losing their lives in war and strife. So let's look at our text this morning. I invite you to look uh, here, and we'll begin in Romans chapter 4, looking at verse 18. Against all hope, Abraham in hope, Believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his face, he faced the fact that his body was good as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old. That's one of my favorite scriptures. I mean, Abraham is good as dead. I'd like you to look at your neighbor and say, you look as good as dead right now. I mean, what a compliment. Uh, spouses don't say that to one another. Um, if you have a sibling, go ahead and say that. That would just fit with how life goes, right? As good as dead. Since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. In verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith, and he gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised. God has the power to do what he promised, and this is why it was credited, credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. All right, there's a lot going on there, and here's the simple Jordan version of it. Abraham was given a promise, and the promise was given in Genesis 12, and that promise was, uh, hey, Abraham, you don't have any kids. I'm going to make you into a great nation. I will be your God, and your people will be my people. I will be with you, and you will be a blessing to all nations. 
And that is the beginning of what we call Israel. That's the moment that God says, I'm going to start doing something with you. Abram, his name was Abram then, and then he starts having a baby, and then he becomes Abraham and a father of many, and he becomes this blessing. And that was way back in the beginning of our Bibles, and he still matters to Paul. Thousands of years later, in this moment, Paul is looking at Abraham, and he is saying, here's Abram, Abraham, who was as good as dead, who had no reason to think that he could ever have children, yet he trusted that God could fulfill his promise, that God was faithful, that God was powerful, that God could act and respond to his brokenness, to his need, that God was greater than the circumstances he was facing. And he said, I believe you, God, I will trust in you. And he went by faith. And the Bible then looks at Abraham and says, rah, rah, this is one of our heroes. He wasn't perfect. He made a lot of mistakes, but he trusted and he believed that God was faithful to his promise. And so the Bible speaks well of Abraham because he believed in God. When we use the word believe, I think I grew up, and maybe this is how you feel about it still today, and that's fine, because I think it's just how it comes across, that believing is about knowing all of the right things. That believing is knowing the right answers to the questions. And what I have come to believe is that that's part of believing, knowing the answers to the questions. But it is also about allegiance. It is about devotion. It is about commitment. Abraham knew more than the right answers that God could, could fulfill his promise. Abraham knew that God was, he knew the right thing, he knew that God was strong enough and powerful enough to do what he said he was going to do, and he also acted upon it. He gave his devotion. To be faithful is to give not just lip service, but to give our hearts and ourselves to God. And so when we speak of faith and believing, they are one and the same, and what they mean is knowing and acting. Believing is trusting in God, giving him our devotion and allegiance. And so when we look at Abraham in that light, when we look at his faith, which is to say God can and will fulfill his promises, he gives then God his life, and he says, I will trust in you, I will act upon this. And so this is credited to him as righteousness, that he responds to the promise of God. He believes he has the power to do it. And what do we know? Hey, God can fulfill this promise. And so the rest of history will look back at Abraham as an example of what faith is. And it's not just saying, yeah, I know you can do it, God. But it's, yeah, I know you can do it, God. And I'm going to respond to your promises. I'm going to respond to your faithfulness. I'm going to respond to your love. I am going to respond to you and give you my life. So often we make our life just about knowing the right thing. But we also need to respond to the truth of who God is and what he's doing. We need to have faith like this. We need to trust in God and walk with him. We need to give him our allegiance and have unwavering commitment to God and God only. That's what 
faith for Abraham met. And that's what Paul, I think, is encouraging us for us here. And he says, now through our faith, now through knowing that Jesus was raised from the dead, but also now knowing that Jesus is Lord and King, now I don't just know the right thing, I also respond to this right thing, and that is that Jesus Christ is Lord and he's risen from the dead, and I give my whole heart and life to him. And Jesus gives us this justification. We've been made right. We've been made whole. And we spent last week looking at justification, that what Jesus does for us in the death, burial, and resurrection, when he is crucified for us, when his blood is poured out for us, we have forgiveness of sins because Christ is our justification. Christ is the one who makes us righteous. Our righteousness is not through what we do, not through what we know, but through what Christ has done and what Christ gives us, and that is righteousness in him we are made right before god because of what christ has done and so your your allegiance your love your commitment to christ is accepting that christ has forgiven you so putting all of that together and you, you said, Jordan, I thought we were talking about peace today. And you keep using the big justification word, and you keep talking about Abraham, and that was talking about hope, and that was talking about promises, and talking about all of those things. Well, I want you to look at chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, so taking all of that into consideration, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, because we have been justified through Jesus Christ, because he rescued you, saved you, forgiven, he's forgiven you, he's given you his mercy, because he cares so deeply for you, we have peace. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory to God. We have peace today, and it is through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Through all that he has done to rescue us from sins, rescue us from the brokenness of this world, we have peace today. Justification and peace are synonymous with one another because what they bring to us is this problem-solving sort of thing that's happened in our world. When we look at the pain and suffering of our world, there is this, uh, there is the absence of justice and there is the absence of forgiveness. So when we think of the absence of justice, we don't have to go very far to look around us and we see the brokenness of a world that's falling apart as, at its seams. We have marriages that are broken. We have systems that are broken. We have um, people who are broken and hurting. We have people who are poor and impoverished through no fault of their own. We have people who are, um, who are going through so much pain and suffering of which there's no real uh, control over it. Where there's no justice, there's no peace. Where there's conflict and there's pain and those who are hurting and suffering, where there are those things going on, where there's no justice, there's no justification. 
there's missing what's right. And so just, justification is where there is justice and there's forgiveness. There's wrongs being made right. And so Jesus is inviting us into, I believe, a new reality for our lives. A reality in which there is justice and there is rightness. Where we can be a community of people who live out the truth, where the wrongs are made right and where suffering is no more. We can be a community that I think calls us towards unity and peace with one another, where we care for each other and those who are hurting and suffering, their needs are met and they're cared for and they're loved. I believe with all of my heart that God wants a justified community to be his church. That you would be a people together who care for and meet the needs of each other. That whatever the circumstances are in your life, you can have peace today because there is justice and rightness and forgiveness and mercy and kindness shared in abundance in the community of God. That can be this place because of what peace Christ gives us. And so Paul says this whole big long thing, I think, so that we would hear this moment that there is a peace that is far greater than Pax Romana, one that comes from the reign of power and the empire spreading. It comes through the peace of Christ that's given us through his forgiveness and his grace. That there is peace for us in this moment today because Christ is greater than the conflict and the suffering and the pain of this world. Because we belong to God, we can now have peace. So Abraham trusts in the promise of God to bring death out of life. Bring life out of death, rather. Helps if you read good. That Christ brings us peace through his righteousness and his justice. Peace is the wholeness of both together forgiveness and righteousness and healing and justice god brings us life from death and so when we look at our lives and we think in a world filled with death and suffering and pain god brings justice and righteousness and peace and he brings them together we can be a people who are at peace in this world because we believe in the power of god to fulfill his promises Later, he will tell us in Romans 12, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That we can be peaceful people in this world. I actually want to close today, not with Romans, but where I started this morning. I want you to hear Jesus' words once again at the Beatitudes with a heart towards peace. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, those who have never felt justice before. Luke says that the quote ends right here, blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who are suffering. Blessed are those who are hurting. Blessed are those who feel like they don't have one more ounce to give. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who are so 
sad and filled with grief this morning. There is loss, there is pain, there is hurt in their lives, and Jesus is saying they're blessed because they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are walked on, spat on, overlooked, never hired, never never given a raise, never feel like they have a place in this world. They will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. A righteousness comes through Jesus Christ. He gives us his righteousness. He is pouring it out for us. And if you hunger and thirst for it, Christ is giving it to you today. You can be made right before God. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be children of God. That's what it was all about, that promise to Abraham. That everyone would be blessed. That every nation would be blessed. That everyone would have the chance to come and be a child of God. And Jesus said, blessed are those who make peace. Do you believe that there's peace today in Jesus Christ? Here's my encouragement, my challenge, my hope. Is that you would be peace givers this week. That you would be peace givers and makers today. In the conflicts that are all, are all around us. Today, I'm just praying for peace around the dinner table. I hope we can get through it. Wendy made chicken and noodles. It's usually a unifying meal. Uh, We all like it. And uh, Wendy does a terrific job with it. Lots of butter. And I pray that there would be peace. I pray that there would be peace in your home, in your family. I pray that there would be peace in your workplace. I pray that you would know the all-surpassing peace that comes from knowing this. Your sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ. You are his. You belong to him. You have a place in this world because Jesus has forgiven you. You belong to God. And when we know we belong to God, then we can say, blessed are the peacemakers because we have been made at peace with God and we are his children. Blessed are those who are persecuted. You can face the trials of this life because, because God is with you and yours is the kingdom of heaven and you have eternal life with him and blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. In fact, you can rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You belong to God. And when you belong to God, there is peace. Be a peacemaker. Rejoice and be glad be a witness of Jesus Christ this week in your home, with your family, with your friends, in our community. May God bless you and give you his peace. God, we thank you for Jesus Christ.
the giver of peace. Lord, that we would belong to you and know that we have a life in you. And so, uh, God, today, all of those things that would discourage us and think that we don't have a place, that we don't belong, that we don't have enough, that all of those things that stir in conflict, Lord, the jealousy, the envy, the frustration, the anger, the things that have gone about in our lives and around us, in our homes, in our families, in our community, God, you would sort through the mess that there is and you would point us to you. Draw us nearer to you, Lord. Search our hearts, know our anxiousness, know the things that have divided us and help us today, God, know. Know with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength that we are loved by you. We are accepted today. Lord, we can trust in you that you are faithful and that your promises are true and we can trust in, the, in your power to fulfill what you promise. And so just as Abraham had faith in you and responded and gave his heart to you, God, today we give our heart to you, to Jesus Christ, our Lord and our King. Lord, that your peace would reign, that your presence would cover us, that your power would guide us, that your love would complete us. Your peace today in our home, in our hearts, and wherever we go. Let us be a people of peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you stand with us?